For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. morning happy tuesday to you hope your morning is starting off well if not i'll do all that i can to make it better although no promises i feel like uh, it's better to under promise over deliver which is how i try to live every day because eh, <laughs> who, who wants to over promise and under deliver or who wants to i don't know you know what i mean and uh, i think that this is a day where uh, we can kind of digest a lot of what was said regarding the Star Store and the UMass Dartmouth College of Visual Performing Arts moving out of that building, and now we'll have to continue on the Dartmouth campus. Uh, Senator Montagny was in here with Chris and Marcus yesterday for South Coast Now. I didn't get to hear all of it, but um, Mondays are a big, like, paperwork and catching up with some other stuff from over the weekend time for me. So I, I will I will give it a listen in its entirety via the podcast at WBSM.com. But actually, I'll use the app. But we got some more insight, at least, and what was going on. The question still remains, what happens from here? And that's where I've, I've got a feeling there's going to be a lot of disappointment because I don't know that they're going to be able to save the Star Store, which is actually the the campaign that has begun within the city and, and among those who patronize the Star Store and, and or studied there or those who have a vested interest in keeping that, no, I shouldn't say vet, but just any interest in keeping that campus there. Uh, as you heard yesterday, Jack Blaine and I, you know, we kind of, it's not that we differ on it. But I think that Senator Montigny said it himself. This is not going to be the death of downtown New Bedford. If UMass Dartmouth doesn't stay in the Star Store building. Jack seems to think that it will be certainly a... I, I don't know how he would characterize it, but I'll say it would be a, a a large gaping hole in the city's art scene. And I think, you know, you have to look at it from a couple of different perspectives. Those who are 
looking at it from a cultural standpoint, want to see the UMD campus stay there and the artists in training learning there and becoming part of the downtown New Bedford community. Those with economic interests look at it and say, well, you could probably get something in there that would bring in more revenue than what you're getting out of 116 students. And I, I, I know that, you know, Jack and I got into it a little bit about recruiting yesterday, that, that UMass Dartmouth could do a better job of recruiting art students to go and utilize that campus. But that's a larger issue. If I'm buying a house and, and, and my family is getting older and the kids are moving out, I'm not going to go buy a large building and say, well, maybe I'll have more kids. I'm 45 years old. I look at the reality of the situation. I say, I'm probably not having any more children. My adult children are going on to, to have their own homes. I don't need to buy this large building. I can go and live in a much smaller location to accommodate the much smaller family that I now have living in this home. So I think when you've had declining enrollment in that arts program for a long time now, you don't have to go and buy a large building. Now, this is a, this is a separate situation. If I have the chance to buy a eight-bedroom house for a dollar, I would do it. <laughs> and if they can get that building for a dollar, yes. Execute that deal. But I just don't see the reason to hang on to something that is obviously in decline, that being the program being there. So it, it, to me, I look at it from two ways. Yes, I'd like to see the, the state purchase the building. And I would say that I would even, you know, if they could get it for half the market rate. Still a great deal. Do it. But if it's going to be something that the, the Commonwealth has to go and pay full price for, uh, is, is, is it worth paying a couple of million dollars for their building for 116 students that you'd you really don't see in the future is going to increase to whatever the peak numbers were for that campus. I know, I know fans of the arts in New Bedford, it hurts to hear that, but that's just the reality of the situation. It doesn't mean that New Bedford doesn't still have a great arts community. It doesn't mean that it won't still continue to have a great arts community. All that it means is that the physical building downtown where that is happening is more space than is needed or is more of an investment than is needed. Find some other location. Work with the Zyterian with their plan. They're putting classrooms in. Maybe, maybe you can work with them. Well, maybe you can work with whoever purchases the Star Store building and, and rent space from them. 
But again, there's sentimentality that's involved in this. There's fear in the minds, uh, maybe not fear, concern in the minds of those who remember what downtown was like before its renaissance. But I, th- I think Senator Montigny put it well where he said, you know, this, this is not the death of downtown New Bedford. Nor do I think it would be the death of the CVPA either. Maybe you have students that are more engaged in arts education if they're seeing it on their campus. As opposed to having it be a couple miles down the road. Maybe they have a nice facility that they can construct or alter over on the campus. Where you can see more of the work of those students and and have kids say... Well, you know, I'm not majoring in in those classes, but I'd certainly like to learn about it. I don't know. 508-996-0500 if you would like to call in and chime in. Uh, And, of course, we can talk about the future of UMass Dartmouth overall as part of this. We can talk about the future of the UMass system as part of this because, as Jack wrote in his column... He believes that UMass President Marty Meehan is the the main villain in all of this. And Senator Montigny didn't really characterize it any differently that, you know, this, this doesn't fall on, on UMass for the most part. So then are you worried about, is this, is this just a symptom of what ails the UMass system? Is, you know, Jack was talking yesterday about the purchase of Mount Ida College. And I remember reporting on that when when it was announced and people were saying, why? What what, what is the point of this? UMass enrollment is down. What do they need to go and buy another campus for? And then have to absorb those students. So I think that you've got major problems in the University of Massachusetts overall, and maybe this becomes one of the more public ones. I was talking with, with Chris and Marcus one, one morning last week. Uh, you know, I pop in here between, during the breaks and between the hours, and we usually chat about different things. I, I probably bother them too much. But we were talking about, you know, maybe, maybe this is an impetus that Mian has to go. If you're not seeing what you want out of the UMass system. Jack talked about it yesterday. You know, he talked about how it's getting away from what the core mission of a publicly funded university is supposed to be. So let's see what happens with the governor. I mean, as far as I've heard, I haven't heard any response from the governor regarding these requests. Uh, I'm sure that, that Mayor Mitchell will have something to say. On Wednesday when he comes in on South Coast Now with Marcus and Chris. I think it will not be something that goes quietly if it does go. But, you know, Jack and I talked about it yesterday. And it makes sense. Fund one more year, at least, in that building. 
I think the fair thing to do, the fair thing would be sign an agreement for the next four years so that any students that are coming in this year as freshmen that expected to be able to utilize that campus can do so. We're talking about, I guess, maybe like in the neighborhood of $10 million for those four years based on what they were paying per per year. And then maybe with that $10 million, try to force the hand of Downey to try to fix some of those issues that they have in the building or, or, or partner with him at least. And then at least the, the kids that are coming in now can expect to utilize that campus and just, you know, say to anybody that signs up, that, uh, that uh, enrolls, I should say, uh, that enrolls after this year, we can't guarantee star store access. But at least the kids who have agreed and, and begin paying the University of Massachusetts with that expectation can follow through on that course load. And then that will give you time to analyze what's going on with that program to see why enrollment is down, if something can be done about it, how to replace some of the faculty that hasn't been replaced, how to offer some of the courses that have kind of fallen by the wayside. Then you can do like a four-year viability study in the public eye as opposed to anything that you've been doing in the past that, you know, is a surprise to everyone now. Oh, yeah, we've decided we don't need that building. Well, at least now we'll be keeping an eye on it and we can see if those publicly, those public funds are being utilized properly. So let's see if they can at least get a stay of execution for a year. But I think it would be more beneficial to say we're going to have a stay of execution for for four years. And uh, it's funny because I thought, I thought we were going to get tons of phone calls from people who would call up and tell us, good, good. I'm glad that the state is no longer paying for or isn't going to be paying for the rental of that building. I'm, I'm glad that UMass Dartmouth is focusing away from, from arts because those kids are never going to come out and get a job. We need people that are going to come out willing to work and be contributing members of society, not, not a bunch of starving artists. I thought we were going to get those phone calls. But we don't. We, we get phone calls more of people who are upset about the fact that Balls were dropped all the way around here. So that means that you do have an appetite from the public, at least the people who are listening to WBSM, to continue to use state funds to support the education of, you know, of physical arts. Which I thought would be a lot different than the, the calls that we would, we would be getting. Sometimes it's like, you know that people want to complain about funding the arts because a lot of the 
conservative folks do. So you know people want to complain about funding the arts, but you know that they also want to complain about how, you know, the government screws over the little guy. And uh, which, which, one, which one weighs out when you pick up the phone? Well, let me know. 508-996-0500. You can also send an app chat message on the WBSM app. Right now, though, I'm going to take a break and be back in a few moments. in the 90s where multiple genres of music were trying to find the next Elvis. If you remember at the beginning of the 90s uh, when country music kind of had a, a resurgence, a resurgence that really hasn't kind of gone away either, but that resurgence, part of that was Billy Ray Cyrus coming out as being, you know, the next Elvis in a lot of, uh, a lot of critics' eyes or at least in the promotional machine's eyes. And that was for the country side of things. He didn't really have any pop crossover like Elvis did. I mean, obviously, you know, those songs are popular, but it wasn't wasn't like what you would expect from an Elvis. They they thought the same thing of, of Jimmy Ray, who you just heard right there. This this guy was being portrayed as the next Elvis to the point where they even dressed him up like Elvis and had him, you know, with the guitar and, and similar hair. And uh, he had that song, and I think he had one other song, and then everybody else was like, this this is this is lame. This is this is a copy. But if you have a if you have a few moments in your life, watch the Are You Jimmy Ray video on YouTube, the music video, and it, it is an exercise in how uncomfortable somebody can be when you tell them when you're having them make a music video. Like he just there's nothing natural about Jimmy Ray and the way that he performs it. It's like he, he's always like looking off camera for for direction and you can tell like they had to just have him do like one one frame, two frames at a time because he just he can't he can't uh he can't act. And you need to be able to act a little bit in a music video. And this this just looks like an an, an awkward an awkward guy trying to do something that he's he's not comfortable with. So basically if you know if I had tried to make a music video where it looked exactly the same. But check it out. It's called Are You Jimmy Ray? It's a song that for thirty years now has still gotten pop you know, still will pop into my head every now and then. And I'm not mad about it. So now you have it in your head as well. All right. Well, we're going to take a break for the news here. On the other side of the news, if you want to call in, 508-996-0500. But right now, let's go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. 
cleanup efforts continue in Southern California after Tropical Storm Hillary blew through. In Los Angeles, hundreds of trees that were downed in the storm Sunday and early Monday remain on the ground and need to be cleared. The rain tapered off Monday in the Los Angeles area following utility crews allowing to work quickly to bring the power back on for many. Schools in Los Angeles are resuming normal operations today after being closed Monday out of an abundance of caution over Hillary. President Biden says the people of Maui will have everything they need to recover after the deadly wildfires. Today is burned, but it's still standing. Trees survive for a reason. I believe it's a powerful, a very powerful symbol of what we can and will do to get through this crisis. While touring the town of Lahaina on Monday, he met with families of victims and thanked the first responders. He also stressed how much he wants Maui to regain its same character as it rebuilds. Officials say 850 people are still missing as search and rescue efforts continue, and 114 people have been confirmed dead. Former President Trump says he'll travel to Atlanta on Thursday to surrender in his Georgia election interference case. He said on Truth Social that he'll be arrested by Fonnie Willis, who he referred to as a, quote, radical left district attorney. Trump was charged last week with racketeering in connection to alleged efforts to overturn the state's 2020 election results. American workers are demanding a record amount of money to take a new job. Mark Mayfield has the story. According to a new survey by the New York Federal Reserve, the minimum acceptable salary offer to switch jobs topped $78,000 during the second quarter of 2023. That's an increase of about 8% from last year, and it's the highest level on record. The survey also notes a gap between the wage that workers want and what was actually offered by employers. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Pentagon's former top policy official says Elon Musk admitted to speaking directly with Russian President Vladimir Putin. That's according to a report from The New Yorker. Former Under Secretary of Defense for Policy Colin Call said Musk made the comments in October while on a call about SpaceX supplying Ukrainian forces with its Starlink internet service. Call told The New Yorker his inference was that Musk was becoming nervous about Russia seeing Starlink's involvement as enabling the Ukrainian war effort. In a tweet in October, Musk denied reports he had a conversation with Putin, saying he only had spoken to him once 18 months before. And... Tennessee might be the home to the world's only giraffe born without spots. The the reticulated giraffe, who belongs to an endangered species, was born at the Bright Zoo in Limestone last month. Experts believe she is the only spotless giraffe anywhere on the planet. She's already six feet tall, and voting on her name starts today on the zoo's Facebook page. In sports, the Boston Red Sox lost to the Houston Astros last night, 9-4. The two teams continue their series at Minute Maid Park tonight at 8-10 p.m. And now here is your ABC6 local weather forecast. A beautiful day today. Lots of sunshine, nice, comfortable air. In fact, a little bit of a feel of fall for the next couple of mornings with those dew point temperatures down into the 40s and low 50s. With all that sunshine today, we'll see highs climbing to around 77 degrees. You'll notice a breeze out of the north, about 10 to 18 miles per hour. Then for tonight, that breeze settles down. Sky will be mainly clear, and it will be a cooler night. You can perhaps turn off the air conditioners finally, get a good night's sleep. Overnight lows dropping back to the mid and upper 50s. For your Wednesday, another delightful day filled with sunshine, comfortable conditions, and highs again in the mid-70s. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast.
From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Bill Guile on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Right now it is 64 degrees in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Tim wants to hear your voice this morning, even if you can't call in. Open up the WBSM app and hit open line to record a voicemail he can play on the air. Now, more Tim here on WBSM. And uh, we did get an app chat message via the WBSM app, which you can always download for free from your app store, wherever you get your apps from, whether it be the Apple store, the Google Play store, or even you can get it right from WBSM.com and it'll send it to the email address that you have on your phone. Uh, And if you ever run into any trouble, email me, Tim at WBSM.com, and I'll help you get it onto your device. And it's all brought to you by South Coast Towing. But uh, Izzy in Fall River says, good morning, Tim. Maybe an audit should happen. I would like to know if all the public funding for the UMass Star Store campus went directly to fund the programs and maintaining the building. Well, uh, Senator Montigny was talking about that and, you know, that they, there needs to be more accountability. I think everybody's been calling for that, for more accountability. If, you know, we, we kind of assumed that for the last 20 plus years, that that's what was happening. And the senator says, nope, doesn't look like that was what was happening. Uh, one other story that we have at WBSM.com and on the app, it was uh, reported yesterday by, by State House News Service. And that's if you've been following along with the plan to convert the former random dog track into a sports betting facility. You know, we actually, I think, I think yeah, we broke that story. If we didn't break the story, we were among the first... To, to report it. I want to, I'm trying to think if me, if we had it first, or the globe had it first, or I, I, I don't know, but we were among the first to report it. I remember what happened. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But, and, and part of that is because it's something that, you know, I'm, the, the dog park was always on my radar because of the, the paranormal stuff that I do. There's a lot of, uh, Weird stuff that's seen around that area. But also, because I follow Chris Carney on social media, so I see, you know, when he, he puts stuff out there, he puts teasers out there before announcements are made. And But anyway, the, the news came out that they were going to be partnering with Caesars, you know, like Caesars Palace, Caesars Las Vegas, Caesars. You know, they were going to be partnering with Caesars on a sports book 
And they had all these plans to build this beautiful new facility. In fact, they started raising the old facility to build this new spot. And it was going to be a, a beautiful place to go out and spend an evening and to be able to wager on sports, but also have dinner and drinks and other things that would be going on. It'd be as much of an entertainment venue as it would be a sports betting venue. And this seemed like a slam dunk. Really, you've got a place and a family that has a history of, of being involved in gaming in Massachusetts. It's got all of the requirements for an actual you know, structure for this. Uh, as you know, the Carney family tried to secure a casino license to build a casino at the Brockton Fair site, and that fell through. I think the... Um, Raynham site was too geographically close to Plain Ridge Park, but I'm not sure. Or maybe this was before Plain Ridge. I, I don't know. I don't know why they chose Brockton over over the Raynham site. But the the Brockton Fair actually is now being sold to the city. At least that's what Chris Carney told me last month. Is that it's it's going to be sold to the city of Brockton. They're just trying to work out all the details. The the fairgrounds. When it comes to Raynham Park, that was supposed to be something that the the Carneys were involved in this larger group that were going to be opening up a sports betting parlor in conjunction with Caesars. Caesars was going to run the, the gambling side of it, and then they would run the facility. Well, it turns out that this deal is falling apart fast. Caesars has pulled out. And they are now the second sports book to have pulled out of working with this, the group that is uh, in charge of this, the Massasoit Greyhound Association, MGA. So Caesars pulled out previously uh, Bet365 had pulled out. And now... MGA is looking for a company that can come in and help run it. So apparently they, they are in negotiations with somebody to do so. But then there's another part of this deal that is a holdup with the Massachusetts Gaming Commission. And that's Chris Carney himself. MGA, the group that wants to open the sports book have now had to remove Chris Carney from the license applications. They've had to remove a trust that he is the beneficiary of from being part of that license. They had to remove somebody else who was on the application who was part of that trust. They had to remove him. And it's because of concerns they have over a, I believe it was a recycling business that Chris Carney owns. He has a number of different businesses, but it was concerns about that, including a, a Massachusetts Department of... So uh, let me just read to you from the Statehouse News Service story. A series of issues related to Chris Carney came to light as the Commission's Investigations and Enforcement Bureau began its initial review, including the Mass Department of Environmental Protection enforcement actions against a recycling company he owns that were not disclosed. 
The decision to seek the withdrawal of Chris Carney was made, quote, with the knowledge that errors were made with Christopher Carney's application, and the IEB was focused intently on his recycling business practices. So they also had him listed as a vice president for the uh, MGA, for the gaming company that they, they have. And they were, that was an error, they said, because he's never actually held that position. So they're trying to say, well, we don't, we don't want him involved. Do you have him listed as the vice president? Oh, no, no, he wasn't the vice president. No, we had that er erroneously on, his on the application, but it's not him. He never received any payment for that role. He never performed any functions in that role. So it, it's, it's become kind of a convoluted mess that basically now has the group that wants to put on this sports book. They want to put this, open this up. They've now had to distance themselves from one of the key players in this whole thing. And it's, it's really interesting that some of the commissions that they have for a potential license to go forward include that Chris Carney have no ability to influence the sports book's operations through communication with staff or family members involved in the venture, that Chris Carney be barred from serving as an MGA officer or director in the future, and that Chris Carney not hold himself out as someone with decision-making power at the sports book that Chris Carney fully cooperate with commission investigators and that Chris Carney severs all business ties with MGA, including an arrangement under which one of his companies plows MGA's parking lots in the winter. How much does the Massachusetts Gaming Commission not like this guy that they say you can't even plow the parking lots of a business that your family owns? You can't have the contract to plow the parking lots in the winter. I don't know. I haven't talked to Chris Carney, but uh, I should reach out and see if he wants to come on. And he probably doesn't want to say anything about this right now. This is ongoing. But come on. You can't even plow the parking lots. That's, uh, that's some serious stuff right there. All right. Well, I got to take a break. 508-996-0500. We'll be back in a few moments. And uh, I think that, um, you know, new kids on the block are always, I, I went through a whole phase where I, I didn't like them, you know, being a sixth grade boy when they first came out and it wasn't cool to like them. You know, hey, I listen to Guns N' Roses, but I like them. I like them a lot, but I've been thinking a lot about them because, you know, they reunited 
and years ago, and they've had a whole second phase of their career and still been able to do all the things that they do individually. You know, Donnie Wahlberg's been a very successful actor. But I was thinking about them because I heard the news that NSYNC may be reuniting. And that maybe, maybe that's the plan for NSYNC. That's the path that they could follow where they could do the same thing. You know, they could still reunite every now and then, but still have their individual projects as well. And that being part of the group doesn't hinder them from doing other things. I think when you are, when you go through something like they went through, both bands, both groups, it's always weird calling people a band when they don't play instruments, but I guess technically a band just means a group of people together. But, uh, you know, both bands have had issues with just too much, too fast and too hectic of a schedule. But now they're all adults. You know, you, you decide when you want to go out on tour. So I think for uh, all of you NSYNC fans, which I'm sure there's tons listening to me, all of you NSYNC fans know that uh, this, is, this is the moment that you've been waiting for for a couple of decades now and it could be on the verge of happening I always thought NSYNC was the the better of the, 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 best, the best of those groups the best of the boy bands of the late 90s so we'll see I, I've always expected there to be a reunion of that group and now I'm kind of excited. I mean, I'm not going to go to the concert, but I'm kind of excited to see that they're uh, going to get back together. If you remember, they were always like the highlight of every MTV award show at the time that they were popular. I think it was the no, I think it was the um, Video Music Awards where they came out and they performed that song, "Pop," and Michael Jackson made an appearance and came out of like a box and like just kind of danced and moved around with them for a little bit. Like, that was a really cool moment. That was kind of like a passing of the torch. But much like the Jackson 5, and Sync broke up, but now maybe they'll come back. I hope this will be better than the, the Victory Tour. Which, think about that. If we're, if we're going to just talk pop music for a moment, think about the Victory Tour. Here you have Michael Jackson, like, coming into the height of his popularity. And he's, he's out touring with his brothers. Like, that's just insane. That they, like, what a moment. What a cultural moment. But now we look back at them and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that Jackson's reunion wasn't so good. They had lost some of that magic. But that's because everybody else was in Michael's shadow by that point. Believe me, I know. I grew up with Michael Mania. I was in kindergarten when Thriller came out and was the biggest album and everybody was coming to school every day and Michael Jackson t-shirts and backpacks and folders and everything else. I actually had a Michael Jackson handkerchief. Like it was like a silk handkerchief that had a, a printing of the Thriller album on the front of it. And one of my classmates stole it from me. Like we were committing crimes at, at five years old. To, to, to get ourselves Michael Jackson merch. Anyway, I'm going to take my final break of the hour. Be back in a few moments. And welcome back in. We're only going to be with you here for another moment or so, and then we're going to go into the newsroom. When we come back on the other side, we can talk more with you at 
800-800-0500. We're also going to talk about, there's a story we have up at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app, a New Bedford shop owner who has pleaded guilty to creating and selling fake documents for people to remain in the country. Fake uh, green cards, fake... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.